got to talk about Krabby. Yeah, we we got to continue that, the, right? I dropped the the cliffhanger yes. the other day about the the animal that Krabby could not identify. Yes. And it is it was much funnier in the moment. Like I couldn't believe it. So much funnier. It was so in like so in much the funnier that it ends up on here on the Ben and Pat show. Oh my gosh. Where we sit here and talk about yoga and then jump right in to talk about hunting. Yeah. Once again, <laughs> another activity you can meditate. <laughs> another <during>. activity. <laughs> I'm meditating in everything. <coughs> Why? Because I like meditation. Okay. So yeah. we left the people hanging on Krabby. Yeah, dude. Uh, why don't you finish that story up? Oh man. So <coughs> he kind he sends out a blast Snapchat to myself, Kellen, and Keegan. Says, "Hey, there's this animal bottom of my tree stand trying to climb it. I'm freaking out. I don't know what it is." <laughs> and I'm like, "What in the Christ animal is this thing that he has no idea what it is?" I'm thinking, like, did somebody release a platypus? Into the fucking wild in Michigan, <laughs> like those are Australian. Yeah, I'm like, because I started really debating in my head. Like, I pretty much know every animal that I could run into into these woods, unless it's like a wolverine, and he's freaking out. Like, I think it's a badger, and be like, kind of, but you need to like run, like fast, <laughs> like crabby. The fastest you've ever ran, you need to double it. You need to go. <laughs> but so he sends the video. The video is grainy. It's weird, obviously. And it's like, what the hell is it? Because you're looking at it, and you have no idea. Yeah, yeah. So then it ends up moving away from his tree stand. He gets down, and, you know, obviously it's going to be frantic <laughs> because he has no idea what the animal is. Yeah, like yeah. Everybody would be freaked out at that point. Oh, of course. So he starts getting good pictures of it and, like, getting closer, like, me to you away. <laughs> and that's when I realize when he takes a picture, I'm like, that's a fucking porcupine, dude. <laughs> and that's when I told you I started looking around Dude. and I'm ex- I'm expecting a random ass person who's narrating my life that I have no idea about to pop out from behind a tree and go, "Hey, I'm just going to give you a quick breakdown. Your boy not familiar with what a porcupine looks like apparently. <laughs> they're in zoos everywhere. They're in books, the the internet's available and he's got a computer in his pocket all the time. <laughs> But he doesn't know what a porcupine is. I immediately messaged back, like, Krabby, that's a porcupine. He's like, oh, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, O-H oh. dot dot dot. And then I messaged <laughs> Kellen. I was like, is this fucking dude for real? And he's just like, I think so. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be shitting me. You're like, no so way. So we get back to the house, and Kellen and I are giving him a hard time the entire ride back to the house, which is only, like, what, 10 minutes from there? Yeah, from oh the yeah. spot. And it's funny because we're riding separate from Uncle Rock. Yeah. So he's got, I think he's got Emmy with him. Um, I think, I don't know, I think you and Maddie were out hunting with us that night too. And we all kind of just rolled back to the house because I thought it was a big weekend when everybody was up there having a good time. So we get back and that's when we proceed to tell Rock outside because Krabby goes in the house. And we're like, all right, so we have to, we have to let the masses know that he is unfamiliar with what a pork farm looks like. <laughs> And Rock's like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, no. And he, that (laughs) conversation stopped. Oh, immediately. He is immediately beating feet toward the front door to go find Krabby (laughs) and ask a grown-up how they don't know what a porcupine (laughs) looks like. (laughs) And for the entire night, we're just roasting him (laughs) on how 
he doesn't know what animals look like. So anytime we talk about another animal, someone pulls it up on their phone. They're like, that's what it looks like, Krabby. You know that one? <laughs> He's just like, I hate you guys. I was like, dude, this is going to be a story we look back on and laugh yeah. way too much about. Dude, we love we love Krabby. Oh, dude, I love Krabby. We love Krabby. He's hilarious. Like, Krabby's uh, one of my favorite people to go on a hunting trip with because you're guaranteed to get a good story. Oh, for sure. I mean, oh, my God. And then there was a time where a guy walked up on him while he was hunting and was, like, tripping over logs. And he's just like, there's somebody out here gumpier in the woods than me. And I'm <laughs> like, all right, first off, you can't call yourself gumpy because you're short. <laughs> but I was like, I understand what you're saying. Like, this dude's falling over logs. He's like, it's like he was high. I was like, he probably was. He's probably on a nature walk on shrooms. <laughs> So yeah, out in the fucking woods, dude. Krabby kind of called. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm, like, I'm hunting right here. And the guy's like, oh, my bad, my bad, and leaves. <laughs> Krabby's done hunting, what? and on his way back, walking back to the truck, he sees the guy in the woods with his hood up just standing there. Krabby immediately oh. starts running, like dude. running. I remember. Like Forrest Gump, I was running. Dude. Like, Krabby, I, I don't think I've ever heard of him running so fast. Dude. I remember sitting by at, at the truck that was like me, you, Kellen, Maddie, Emmy. Rock. It was all of us. It like was my all dad, of us. my brother. We were all sitting there. We're like, dude, where's Krabby at? <laughs> and all of a sudden, in the distance, up the trail, you see a flashlight <laughs> flailing fucking everywhere, yes. dude. And you hear Krabby going, guys, guys, there's a guy in the woods. Ah, and his bow's like dragging behind him, like bombing all over the fucking place. Oh my god, dude. Like. We're like, what are you talking about? He was a freaking hot mess. And then he shows he's up. He's like, like yeah, there's a guy standing in the like, he was like 10 yards, 20 yards into the woods, just standing there staring at me with his hood up. And Rox is like, Krabby, you have a bow. <laughs> you have a weapon. It's like, I don't know of a human who can close on me in 20 seconds that if I have an arrow loaded, that I can't throw an arrow at him. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's what all of us are looking at Krabby like, get in the car, Krabby. Come on. God dang it. Krabby, Krabby. Like, why is it every what time? Are you doing? That's when we realized that we're like, all right, Krabby's got to come all the time now because it's just, <laughs> it's way too good. <laughs> like, the wildest shit happens to this kid, and it's amazing. <laughs> like, he could, he could literally see, he's going to be the person who sees a Bigfoot in the woods. <laughs> he will be the guy out of all he's of us. He's going to be the one person to be like, dudes, I saw Bigfoot. <laughs> and it's not even, you know what? It's not going to be a Bigfoot. We're going to go, and we're going to go to like Alaska for a hunt, and he's going to see a fucking Yeti. Like, he's going to see the albino version of Bigfoot. Yes. Where it's like the rarest of the rare. <laughs> it's a percent of a percent of a percent that you would ever see this fucking thing. <laughs> and Krabby's going to be like, it was crazy. It was all white, like white, white. And it had red eyes, and it was pissed. And be like, well, no shit, dude. <laughs> it's a fucking Yeti. I'm pretty sure it's genetically programmed to just be angry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it, he's going to be the one who sees it. Oh, of course. Definitely. Krabby, 100%. Oh, 100%. Like, Kellen and I will spend hours, like years of our life in the woods and never see one. And he'll be the one that's like, yeah, I haven't hunted in like three years. I went to Alaska and I saw a Yeti. And he's got a show on the Discovery Channel. And you're like, are you fucking you're kidding like, what? me? Like, what? <laughs> we spent years in the woods and we don't see one. This guy takes years off and he's on the Discovery Channel now. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> but, all right. Oh. Enough rambling. That well, it I wasn't mean, really rambling. We I love you. You oh sat man. there and left everybody on a cliffhanger. Oh man, I mean, it's. I know it might not be hilarious to everybody else, but hey. oh my god, it was a in, good time in the moment. Like you're in awe because it was like almost like going through stages of acceptance. 
where you're like, he's messing with us. There's no <laughs> way. There's <laughs> no way he doesn't know what a porcupine <laughs> is. There's no way. I knew. I could safely say at about eight to ten years old, I knew what a porcupine was. I would say you probably would know probably closer to like the age of five because I'm pretty sure there were cartoons. Right. Like there's had, cartoons. You know of what like, I mean? oh, what's we were like, oh, what's that? Spiky Which you know one? what? You know what? Say some people, you know, they just they just don't either maybe recognize them or maybe they really haven't seen one. And I think it was more or less like I probably got warned about them. Right. From my dad. Just understanding like cause he made sure that like Drew and Jason and I all knew what was in the woods with us and like what was possible for us to see. Cause even like we're all hunting and he's like, All right, so if a black bear climbs a tree, you punch it in the nose. We're like, are you fucking what? kidding me? Yeah, do you tell me you punch Are you serious? <laughs> like, you want me to punch a bear in the nose? He's like, absolutely. He's like, you do not let it get into your stand with you, and you just punch it in the woods, and you keep an arrow in your other hand. He goes, and you just start poking at it with the arrow, and you keep a knife in your other hand, and you punch it in the nose, and if it gets up there, he goes, you better fight like hell. Because if he's climbing a tree coming after you, he's hungry. Oh, yeah. But immediately, like, you start listening to everybody else, and it's like, oh, yeah, if you see a black bear, punch it in the nose. It's like, all right, apparently the nose is super sensitive. <laughs> so it's kind of like a shark. Punch it in the nose. Plus, at the same time, you got this boy climbing up the tree. Oh, dude. It, he can't, there ain't no way he's going to be able to take his arm off and get you by the time you hit him in the nose. Well, my thing is, is, like, I've never been freaked out of an animal more in the woods than a porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> because I did not know how fast those little buggers climb trees. Oh, yeah. It is wild. Because a day later after Krabby saw a porcupine, I called him Hank. Hank. Big storm comes rolling through. I'm getting out of my tree stand because it's the first year I have my new Matthews. And I'm like, I'm not letting this bow fall out of the tree with me. <laughs> and then I ruined this bow because I just I just got it perfect and I love it. Right. So I lower the bow down, I get down, I get to the ground, I've got all my gear on, and I hear something eating. And I'm like, there's no way a deer is right here eating right now. I just moved, like, I just climbed down a tree stand and lowered my bow down. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe it's a blind one or a dumb one, I don't know. Either way, whatever it is, I'm like, I'm probably going to shoot it. So I grab my bow, get an arrow <laughs> in it, look over, and it's the porcupine. It's Hank. It's, it's, the, it's, it's fucking Hank, and he's big. Like, he's a good-sized pork. I mean, there's bigger out there, but I'm not exaggerating. Like, his quills, when he was on the ground, his quills were at least two and a half foot off that the ground. That shit always used to he that blew my mind. He was big. And I remember I remember seeing porcupines smaller. And yeah. then, like, you see the ones at the zoo that are like, oh, man, like, that's a, that's a mature porcupine, and they're huge. They're like, they're like a smart car just wandering around, but they got fucking needles. Yeah. And he's just eating away, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I've seen you in zoos and all this other cool shit, but I've never seen one in a while before. So I'm kind of like, I'm staying far enough away. Right. But I'm looking at him like, man, you are gnarly looking, dude. <laughs> and I can just hear him eating. <laughs> He's and it, To me, it's hilarious because that's exactly how it sounded. And I'm like, dude, you are fucking awesome. Like, if I could, if if I I could, could find a way to you. domesticate you, <laughs> you would be in my backyard. Because, yes. 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 So please. And then I'm like, all right, you're, you've eaten enough of the available food around. Like, get out of here, dude. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then he sees me moving. He's like, oh. And he starts scampering off. And it's hilarious because when they walk, it's like they're walking, but their quills are so long that they, it looks like they're waddling. <laughs> and it's a hilarious little waddle. Yes. And I'm like, oh, man, you are disgraceful, aren't you? <laughs> and then 
he goes almost as a, like a backhanded f you to me. He gets to this tree and immediately, without missing a beat, goes from walking on the ground to right up the tree. Like he didn't lose any tempo in his stride. It was effortless. He's just up a tree, gone. And I'm like, oh. Okay. Well like, I knew you guys me. could <laughs> climb, but I did not think you were graceful climbers. Like, okay. Then it dawned on me. If they can climb that quick and I'm walking into my spot, what are the odds that one day a porcupine <laughs> is in my tree and just decides I want to get down? <laughs> but right. I'm going to take the fast route and he just falls and hits me. <laughs> Dude, I'm done. I'm going to be in so much pain. What? Are you? I, I looked it up. <laughs> There's actual. Do they do there that? are stories of porcupines falling on dudes in tree stands. What? No way. I'm no, All right. There's two things I'm checking my tree for now uh, when uh, I go out to my tree uh, with my uh, flashlight. Cougars. Porcupines. He said, I don't want to be up here no more. Oh, dude, I <laughs> scan jumps the, off. I scan the trees for, for fucking good. eye glimmers. When I get in there, oh yeah, because no, ever well, since it kind of like goes the same thing with like raccoons and shit. Yeah. You know See, I mean? a raccoon doesn't bother me. A raccoon gets down, it's like, Rah! I'm gonna be like, dude, get out of here, like throw him off my tree, like get the <laughs> fuck away from me, like, get out of here. <laughs> that doesn't worry me, right? Porcupine, no. What am, what am I gonna do? I'm telling you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna evacuate my tree stand <laughs> because I have a harness on. It's gonna immediately be evacuate and as- like assess the situation because. This just got out of hand very quickly. Very, 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 very quickly by something who has like the best defense in it, the forest. Yeah, seriously. I mean, holy shit. That's another shit. thing that's crazy. Like, I never see. I never noticed that they get that big. Do they? Because I remember big. one time we went up hunting there, and on the way out, it was just. I think it was me and my dad. I couldn't remember if my brother was with us or not. But uh, yeah, we were driving out, and. I start driving slow because I see a porcupine like walking down the road or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, "Damn, he's a big boy, dude!" I rolled up next to him and I heard him shoot his quilts at the jeep. I was like, "Damn, bro, chill." I'm like, "I ain't even doing nothing to you." Oh, dude, they don't care. But it's cr- it's crazy because it it sounded like bro- like hard rocks hitting the side of my car. I was like, I was "Oh like, yeah." Oh. And the crazy thing is that I didn't know about their quills, and I learned it from Jason. Because when Jason was working at Wild World down in Missouri, which was like it was somewhere almost like uh, you know how Tiger King was, yeah, it was something like that where there were animals there, and he loved it because he got to work with animals. Yeah, he was in the porcupine pen one day. Oh, and those bastards when they want to get you, they basically back up to you and then shoot their quills. <laughs> but they're designed in a serrated fashion that if you don't pull them out. They keep working their way in with every little movement you do. Whoa, dude, that's crazy. I never knew that. And he was like, dude, you want to talk about fucking pain? Those hitting you, he said he jumped over like the railing in the enclosure and like got cleared it. But he was in so much pain that he just fucking ate it when he got over the enclosure. Oh and I mean, God. you're talking about a guy who is working with like snow leopard, like little snow leopards and little like lo- s- like adolescent large cats. Right. And like he got his arm clawed up. I think it was like by a fucking like a mountain lion, like a, an adolescent one that he actually started to get, you know, get to know and they would enjoy him being around and right. he'd play with him a little bit. He was like that fucking porcupine. No, 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 <laughs> no. absolutely not. 
<laughs> and that's when I kind of realized, I was like, yeah, I don't ever want to mess with one. Like, I got, I didn't get too close to the one that I saw in the woods because I understand what they do, and I don't know how fast they move because yes. I've never been in a situation where I've encountered but it. seeing how quick that they climb trees frightens me. No. <laughs> no. By the time you notice this son of a bitch is climbing up your tree, it's probably too late. Oh, dude. Well, I mean, if he's climbing the tree, all I'm doing is I'm getting out of my tree. I'm I'm, I am jumping. I'm I am evacuating. <laughs> Because it's not hard for me to get my s- my rope up there. Yeah. Because like, when you hear him climbing the tree, it's like, okay, here oh, we go. Got to go. Get my rope, clip the bow onto it, throw the arrows down, <laughs> lower the bow down real quick, and then I just start lowering my harness down my climbing rope. <laughs> just getting down like, nope, this is your tree now. Nope. Out. Hey, you can have fun. Take it easy. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. So. <laughs> All right. Let's get into what we kind of want to talk about as far as hunting being physical and yeah. almost having a mental... Um, it's like a mental chess game and meditation at the same time. Yes. Because you're doing something like you're the way we hunt is we don't go to a fucking a preserve that's a couple hundred acres. I did it once and I don't think I'll ever do it again. It probably felt really weird. It dude, it felt like cheating. It literally felt like cheating. The only the best part about it is for me I had to run around for like twenty minutes to actually get a shot on the animal that I was after, which was just a red deer. That's I was just after that because I wanted the meat, and I heard it was like a mix between uh, venison and elk, and I was like, oh. you know what? That sounds really good, amazing. If I could go hunt a red deer in the wild, that's all I would hunt. Oh. It was fantastic. Hmm. So, but there, like, I ran around. I worked hard to get that fucking red deer. So that to me, that felt like okay. I earned that one. I ran around. Even the guy there was like, dude, for a big man. You got wheels. You got wheels. Like, there were times where I caught them down in a valley, and you I knew they were, they were coming up the hill, and I blew past him with my rifle, <laughs> just full sprint. And he's like, whoa. And I'm like, they're there. And he sees them clearing up the hill, <laughs> and I'm running, and then I run right up behind where they were, <laughs> and I'm grabbing trees, pulling myself up. Like, it's a totally different experience when you're chasing one right. versus what we normally do. Yes. And we kind of do the ambush because you have to start with – you get out there and you have to test your knowledge of what they like. Where are they going to go? What are they right. going to be doing? And it's like you need three components to survive, right? You need food, water, and shelter. You do not hunt the bedroom. So that takes shelter out of the equation. Yes. When people say hunt the hallway, and this is for anybody who hunts that's listening to us and doesn't understand what they mean by hunt the hallways, if you imagine the woods as their house. You're in their house. You are in their house. Don't move anything. Don't trim branches. Don't do anything because you're going to notice when somebody takes a picture off the wall in your home, right? Oh, yeah. There you go. Immediately. You're going to notice something different. They, If they are in patterns, which they are, they're going to notice when something's out of pattern. You have to find where they're going, how they're getting there, and then look around and go, okay, that's where I need to be because now I am out of their line of sight and I'm far enough away to where if I do put my stand here, they're not going to notice. And if they do notice, it's going to be here long enough to where it becomes part of the normal environment for them. Yep, yep. That's why I prefer hang-ons. Hang-on tree stand, you can hide really well. You use your climbing stick. Your climbing stick looks like part of the tree at that point. So you're hiding okay. in. You have to be a ghost when you get in there. So you're immediately thinking – once you find your spot, how do I become part of this environment and basically be a ghost? 
Yeah. Because you cannot yeah. be noticed if you want to get anywhere near an animal to harvest it with a bow. Of course. Like, you can't. So immediately when you first set in, you're looking for food and water. Where is the food and water? Best way to do it is you walk around, start looking up. You have to keep looking up and down, right? You look for the food source, which is, could be acorn tree. And if you can find uh, white acorns, that's the way to find. That's the way to do it. The white acorns are a little bit sweeter, and that's what they love. Ooh. <coughs> so you find the food, then you start looking around for different runs, different trails. Yeah. So once you see a trail going into an area that's very thick and dense, all right, don't go there. That's probably where they're betting, right? So you go, you find something else somewhere different to where you can now scout there, see what's there. You start looking and using your mind to find proof that they are there. So once you find that, you get your setup done, you basically scout that area for like a month. You put your cameras up and you just see what's in the area. If you hang out there, perfect. Now comes the hard part. Your stand's up. Season's here. Now. Now you. Now this is where discipline comes in. Yes. A lot like working out, there's discipline to getting into the woods at the right time so you don't get caught coming into the woods. Do mistakes happen? Yeah. Yeah. I've had it to where I know I set my alarm, and for some reason, my alarm doesn't go off in the morning. I wake up, and it's like we have an hour until sunrise. And a lot of people think, oh, not a big deal. you got an hour until sunrise. No. False. You have an hour until sunrise. You've got about 20 minutes till daylight comes out now. Yeah. Yep. You, the woods. you got to think more of daylight than sunrise. And they can see at night. They're nocturnal. They move at night. So now immediately, you're behind the eight ball. So you make the decision of, if you're in a ground blind, can I scent out enough to where I still win this chess match and I can get into my ground blind, scent out, stay still and not do anything, and I know I'm still concealed, maybe I can sneak in. Or do you just not go out for the morning? And then you take right. the risk of moving in. At that point, to me, I say I don't go out in the morning. Yeah. What I would do is I would go out, and I know it's going to sound weird, I would go out at 11 a.m., 10, 11 a.m., hmm. because a lot of bigger deer move in the middle of the day. Ah, okay. It's it's a weird thing. Everybody's like, oh, prime time's like morning and night, right? Bigger deer move during the day. It's weird. I've heard a lot of monsters get shot at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And the funny thing wow. is 2 o'clock in the afternoon, that's when a lot of guys are getting ready to go out and get in their stand at 2, 3 o'clock, or 3, 4 o'clock. That is afternoon. crazy. Yeah. Like, a lot of guys that make and do great, great things in the hunting world and harvest big animals and like win that mental chess match are the ones who have the discipline and the mental fortitude to stay there all day. All and in a tree stand, dude. that's very difficult. Number one, you have to have a, a very comfortable stand to sit in all day, and oh you're going to have to bring something with you to eat because then now the challenge of what now am I bringing? Now it's really, you're going out there if you're going to go out there for all day. Yeah. Now you have to put yourself in the mindset, okay, now I, I have to do some sort of survival. Well, you have to plan ahead to the point to where, like, because you can't just bring anything out there to eat. If you bring hunter sausages out there to eat, even though there are people, oh, hunter sausage, I'll take it hunting with me. False. <laughs> no. no, you do not. No. You take things in there. Like, if you throw apples out for yourself, you take an apple out there to eat. 
Right. You you, you take Apple stuff out there that there's like scents around. Right. There. Or you take something that has no scent at all. Yes. Try to at least. You try to take things that don't have a lot of scent to them. And if you do have something that has a scent to it, make it sweet. Make it something sweet to where whatever smells it is like, oh, man, what is that? Oh, I want to go see what that is. <laughs> and they come in. I'm not joking. Like, I have had <laughs> days where there's nothing going on. Yeah. And I, rem- I learned this trick from my dad because what you're doing is you're trying to pique their curiosity, hmm. which is, once again, it's a mental chess mental match. Mental chess match. You're trying. You're not trying to just outsmart them and kill them. Right. You're there to outsmart them and learn, and if it so happens to be the one that you're after, now your job starts. Now you start playing that route and you get into it. Right. But he taught me you keep a, a tobacco pipe in your bag. Oh. And you keep tobacco. Huh. And to keep it moist, he would always throw real thin apple slices in there. Keeps it from drying out. And it also soaks up the smell, the flavor, everything of the apple. He did it with strawberries. He'd he'd make different. Whoa! And you can do that's it with oranges, wicked. Uh, pears. You can do it with pears. Everything. Wow! So what he would do is, there was one day for him and I were hunting. I was younger, and, and there was nothing going on. And I'm o- I'm sitting here like, man, this is boring. I hate these days. I hate when nothing is moving. Like birds aren't even moving. Right. Nothing. Right. Those are the longest days, oh. and that's when you have to have your discipline. And I mean, granted, do you have to you have to meditate for a minute? You have to get your mind right and say, "I'm staying out here. I've got a job to do that I've been working towards for a long time." Oh yeah, I'm doing it. Oh man, he breaks out the pipe. Oh, throws some tobacco in there, fires it up, and when he's he's blowing the smoke out the windows, like he's not just smoking it to enjoy it. He's smoking it and pushing the smoke out the windows, and he's holding the pipe out as it's going to let the smoke leave. Fifteen minutes later, a young buck comes walking through with his nose in the air because he smelt the tobacco and was like, what's that? <laughs> what comes in that? with his nose in the air, and what we knew, <coughs> that wasn't, we're not after him. He's young. He's only a year and right. a half old. He's a little four-point, maybe a six-point if he has some little itty-bitty brow time. No, you let him walk. He's a young deer. He's got good genetics. Let him walk. Let him keep doing what he needs to do. The yo- that's why I'm saying like the young deer are what you need to have. Like you have to keep them around. Yes. Everybody always thinks like, oh, hunting. You're going out there to kill. It's like, are you going out there to, to hunt? Yes. I don't see hunting as killing. If I was going out there to kill, anything that fucking moved would be coming back with me. Oh Which yeah. Which means I would probably have on average four squirrels a day. Ew. Yeah. Well, I mean, that all depends because it could be four squirrels a day or it could be four squirrels the first day and then, you know, they never come around again because I just don't want their buddies, which right. has happened. <laughs> I've had a squirrel to where it was taking all the corn and I had enough. And you're like, no. And I got him with a good old domer pile shot at about 30 yards with my small <laughs> game head and all his buddies. They they knew what was going on at that point. It's like, like, oh, get, no. get away from that. They didn't come back. From what Jason told me, they didn't come back for like – a week. Good. Oh, dude. Oh, I'd, guys, I'd, back I'd, up. I dusted him. Because Jason would keep it out in the yard so he could have the deer come through the yard. Yeah. And he just wanted to see what was there, and he enjoyed it. It was like a pattern. Every day they'd come through, and he'd see them. He's like, oh, cool, yeah. He just wanted to know that the herd was surviving. He got an eye on them. He was almost looking at it as he was, it was, it was a conservationist at that point. He was looking after them. Right. 
And when these squirrels would come in and take all the corn, he was like, all right, these things got to go. <laughs> so one of them went. And then they were like, oh, went. shit. Dude, Finn loved it. His dog, Finn, loved it. Because Finn chased him all the time. And when I got that one, we sent him out there to go pick it up. He was losing it. He wouldn't pick it up because he was all excited. <laughs> but he was loving it, man. So, But, I mean, we kind of we went on a little far in this one. And that's okay. But I would say for hunting, the way that this could kind of pertain to almost a workout is when you're going out and you're scouting. Dude. You're hiking all day. See, all day. And that's the thing, like, you're, you're going off, you're, you're going from the trail. Yeah. A little bit off the trail to park your, you know, your bike, your exactly. truck, whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the best spots are, like, almost half a mile, if not a mile, oh into yeah. the woods. Yeah. So you got to, you, know, you mm-hmm. never hunt close to trails. You never hunt close to a trail. You so have to you be willing just go deep in there. You have to be willing to go further than everybody else around yes, you. Yes, yes. And the hard part is, is you've I've done that before where I'm like, oh man, I'm really deep into the woods now. Like nobody's gonna be here. Yeah. And something will happen, like a, a disheartening moment will happen where you walk, keep walking, and you're like, man, you're on a really good deer run. The next thing you know, you walk into another two track that you didn't know was there. Yeah. And you're just like, God you're dang like, it, no, bro. Now, because now you know if it's a two track. It's a, it, people come through there enough for the two track. Yeah. So now you have to make the decision, okay, do I keep going and know this two track is here in market, keep that idea that that's where this two track is, and then find where it, you know you could lead into it and use that to your advantage, or do you basically head out back where you started and look for a new area? Right. So you have to be mentally and physically prepared that you're not going to find your spot day one. No. Can you? Absolutely. Yeah. I have found absolute money spots day one that Same. produce. Yeah. Like once or twice. That's it. And I've been hunting for over 10 years. Easily. And th- it doesn't happen a lot. I There's been times where Kellen and I have gone out and we've spent three weekends looking and we're getting close to the season where it's like we just need to pick a spot. And you go back to the one that you're like this one showed the most promise. You go there and sometimes you luck out and sometimes you don't. But you have to have the mental discipline. You have to have the physicality to actually do it. Yeah. And oh then, yeah. yeah, exactly. I like mean, there's a lot of work. I had that. I had that one spot that was like, you go down that two track there or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. and then like, I'd say like a hundred yards down the two track, I yeah. immediately turn right, and then I go like, to about like what 150, 100 yards yeah. into the woods, and boom, there I was. And the funny thing is, sometimes those spots will work, because I found a spot. Well, that though that two track though is an old two track. No one's been on that. There's trees covering it and all oh that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are the best to find, because if there's trees down and you don't see anybody's cut them to move them, nobody's using it. Yeah, exactly. But that, that gives you an opportunity and an avenue to get in and out. Yeah. So it helps. Easy hallway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you, you you have to have a lot of. I feel like. You definitely have to be some type of physically fit. Yes. Because it it involves hiking. It's not just like I go mm-hmm. out there in Crocs and walk in the woods no. and dilly-dally. No, man. You're looking for specific shit. Yeah. You're trying not to break too much stuff because if, yeah. if your spot is nearby and you find it or whatever, you don't mm-hmm. want to be like ripping shit apart and right. whatnot. You know what I mean? You have to be, once again, you have to be in total control of yourself. Yes. When you're, when you're going in... 
you have to be in control of yourself. You have to be very aware of your surroundings. And it is it is mentally and physically taxing when you go hunting because you're using your senses to their absolute limits. Oh yeah. The entire time. Yeah. It's weird. It's and it's so wild. Like I never understood why I was tired when I would like come back in from hunting and right. I'm like, God like, damn, damn. Dude, I want a nap. You're out there and you're literally you're, you're, if your senses are normally sitting, especially for us now with how we live, right? our senses are sitting at like a three or a four meter. That's it. They're not always heightened. They're not up there. They're not elevated to where we're keeping an eye out for things around us. Dude. You get into the hunting? woods, oh. you crank them shits up to a nine, eight, nine, Dude, and yeah. when you think you hear something, your instincts kick in, and it immediately adrenaline gets pumped into your veins. You hear your own heartbeat. And then your focus, like your eyes focus better. Your ears hear more. Yeah. You can sense things a little bit better, and you know right where that sound came from. So your eyes lock over there, and then you don't move. You stay perfectly still, and now it's the waiting game of who moves first. And yeah. I guarantee you they're moving before I do. Of course. They're moving before Always. I do. Always. Because right now what, they're doing, what, what that animal is going to do is they're going to try to figure out where you are because what people will do is they will see them move and then they start to move. And that's what they're waiting for. That's what they're waiting for. Like there's there's so many times that you have to fail in the woods to learn and understand what they're going to do to trick you. But and you don't understand it, you don't know it until you get tricked. Yep. You don't know it till it's until too it late. happens. <laughs> and then you're like it happens and you're like, "Oh, man." And hindsight's 2020. So you feel like a fool. You feel like, God damn, what a rookie move. Yeah, it is a rookie move, but you learned. Yeah. You gained knowledge, as Jocko would say. Good. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I was good. just about to say, oh, he you, scared, you? you scared him off? Good. Good. Now you know I've had a moment do. where I had a huge doe in front of me. Like, this doe was easily 180 pounds. Gigantic doe up at my brother's place oh in Glavin before he moved in there. My tree stand was all the way at the back of the property by the swamp. This big old doe comes walking through, and I'm like, game over, dude. You're 10 yards away. You're quartered away from me. I got a sweet lung shoulder shot. It's over. I was like, fuck, put this one in the books. I get my bow, pick it up, pull it back. My focus was on the one in front of me. What I made my mistake was is I didn't check my surroundings and notice there was one behind her who spotted me, did her blow out of the nose. You know, the... Yeah. That they do that's super loud. And as soon as you hear it, chills immediately go down your spine because you're like, oh, fuck. I just got busted. <laughs> and as soon as that happened, the one that I was aiming at took off. Ran like 50 yards out, stopped, turned around, and looked. The other one took off, did the same thing. They're looking back. And immediately, right then and there, I knew that that moment, that hunt right there was over. I lost that match. Yeah. But now, every time I see one, the first thing I do after I see that one, slowly turn my head and look around. I and I do my best to make sure that the trail where they're coming in is always in front of me. I know it sounds bad because everybody's like, well, they're, they're going to be looking right at you. It's like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to be looking right back at them, though. Right, right. I don't keep it to where they're dead ahead of me. I'll keep it to where they're across. Like, I try to keep it to where they're at, like, you know, 10 to 2 o'clock yeah, walking in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And... 
then you gain a little bit of an advantage. Like what I, s- it's it's constantly a chess match, man. There's constantly discipline. Oh yeah. There's so much There's that so you much can incorporate to, it, to you know? life by just hunting and doing it, and you can do it by 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 taking photographs if you don't want to hunt and you're like I don't want to hunt I don't want to kill an animal that's fine if you want to know what the adrenaline rush feels like and really experience it do it with a camera go out there yeah. with a good camera that doesn't make any sound and just experience what that is you will still feel the adrenaline rush yeah because you're going to see the animal and it's in your genetics it is hardwired into you that your adrenaline shoots through the fucking roof and don't tell me it isn't because no one ever told me my adrenaline was supposed to do that. Right. No one ever told me, like, hey, you get excited when you see that deer. You better get excited. It's not that. It's Dude, buck fever is a real thing. <laughs> you, and it's it's not something you should be ashamed of. No, of course it's, not. It's one of those things where it's like you get so much adrenaline going through you, like, you can't stop shaking. And that's Dude. just adrenaline. That's your body feeding enough into where, like, if I got to chase this fucker down, I can chase it down. Are you going to? No, you're not no. going to chase it down. But, but you're that hype. You're hardwired to get that feeling, to get those endorphins going through you, and you feel a hundred times better after you have that moment. Because your whole body just gets, it's like the blood flow immediately cool. just goes. It's, it's it, crazy. It reaches every <laughs> edge of your body. Yes. And it's something that I feel like a lot of people should experience. And... Just finding some, finding a way to experience nature, get out. It's going to immediately reduce your stress because you're in nature. Right. Yeah. You need to be yeah. out in nature more, and it's going to be a totally different experience if you've never done it before. I've had so many people that don't hunt, and they go with us for the first time, and they're like, "Dude, I'm hooked." They only see one deer that whole hunt, but the excitement of seeing that one deer is all it took. It's and then you start then they're hanging out with everybody else that hunts and you're like, dude, imagine when you see a fucking eight point walk up. Yeah. Imagine, imagine. seeing a, like a big ass deer oh, that dude. actually could could feed like a family of oh, twelve. Man. You know? It's it's unreal. It's crazy. It's a totally different adrenaline rush. Dude, it talking yeah. about senses, dude. I've been hunting for like oh jeez. Probably eight years. Yeah. Eight almost ten years. Yeah. Close to. And me, my brother, and my dad never have ever shot a deer. Mm-hmm. And my brother and my dad obviously have hunted way longer than me. Right, right. And the one time we go out and I did get my first deer, dude, yep. I I shit you not, I didn't have buck fever, mm-hmm. but it was like, almost like, it was so, it was so weird. Because like, the deer is literally right in front of me. Yeah. I'm pulling, I'm pulling my crossbow up. I thought I, f- I thought I messed it up mm-hmm. because on the arm of my chairs, they have like those little pads. Yeah. Well, one of them was rolled over, and the Velcro. Yep. I pulled it up, and it clicked off off my arm, and I di- I literally froze, and this deer like looked didn't look directly at me, mm-hmm. but like like off centered like looked past where my blind was. Right. So I was like. Okay, I don't think I'm totally compromised just yet. Nope, you're not. So he just kept sitting there eating and shit. And I, I, I pull my crossbow up. I'm looking down my scope. I find the right line to use. Oh, my God. It gave me the biggest chill of my fucking life. Because I'm looking at this thing. I take my final breath to, like, you know, smooth the shot out. Yep. And this motherfucker looks 
dead at me, like down my scope, like at my eye. Yeah. And all of a sudden, right before I took the shot, yeah, I couldn't hear anything. No. I couldn't feel nothing. Nope. All I had was just the m- largest amount of focus I've ever had in my yes. life. Yeah. That's exactly how it, it was. It was. I. Oh, dude, it was cr- fucking nuts. Yep. It's crazy. I'm like, damn. You're telling me people feel this shit every time? Yes. Just the intense focus, dude. I yeah. If somebody was behind me, you'd have had no idea. through shit or whatever, I would have never heard them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I did. I literally could not hear. All yeah. my, all my, my vision went like tunneled. All yeah. this, dude. I was it's like, because <gasps> your body is shutting down like, other senses. It's whoa. not shutting them down, but it's it's toning them down. Yeah. And you focus in on that moment. Oh. <clears throat> Because like I I know what you're talking about Dude, like I did that's what I did for my eight point crazy is I was sitting there and in my head I had there was only a few thoughts going through my head one of them was don't you fucking dare miss yes oh don't yeah. you dare miss this shot oh yeah um then I, I thought if I do miss this shot I'm never gonna live it down none of the guys are gonna <laughs> let me live this down and then the last thing I thought of before I shot was a line from the movie Escanaba in the Moonlight. And I don't know why, but it gave me chills thinking of it. And like I'm getting them now, but it's like good things come to those who shoot straight. And you're like, and immediately put the crosshairs on them and boom. just started squeezing because I can remember my grandpa, and my dad saying, "Just squeeze and let the gun surprise you." That's when you've made there you go a good shot. And like it was so wild that I could literally hear them both saying like, "Just squeeze." Hold on and squeeze. Let the gun surprise you. And it's a, it's amazing how you react because I squeezed, shot, and immediately, like, I hit the recoil, and my my instinct made me put the gun right back on him, and I'm looking through the scope. He's down on the ground, fucking flailing all over, and I'm like, I got him. If he dropped, that was such a lethal shot that he can't get up. Yeah. Oh. And then he stopped. I didn't take my gun off of him until he quit moving. Like, when I saw his legs just barely moving and doing their thing again, like, where it's like, move, no no movement, no movement, no movement, and then a right. kick, you're like, okay, he's done. Like, he's not getting up. And I kept waiting until he quit moving, and that's when the fucking Ric Flair came out, <laughs> and the whole woods knew that I shot that eight point, <laughs> and it was, oh my God, dude, one of the best moments ever. Dude. Like and I just love being able to go back and live that moment where it was like all the work, all the discipline, yes, all the patience paid off. Oh yeah. And it's one of those moments where it's so easy like it's so easy to say, dude, it's totally worth it. It's totally worth it. But you have to find the little things in hunting, kinda like life, to where even if you don't see something You've got to be able to find the little things and the beauty of it to where you can say, wouldn't trade it for anything. Yes. I got to spend an entire weekend in the woods. I'm up here with some of the best people I know. I get to see my family. I wouldn't trade it. And that's what it's about to me. Like that, yeah. to me, I would not, I, I wouldn't agree. give it up. I, I so agree. I, would, I could have people saying like, hey, I'm going to pay for you to go to Vegas with me for the weekend. We're going to rage. We're going to drink fucking energy drinks the whole time. We're not sleeping for two days. We could sleep on the plane back. Or I could get hit up by a group of my buddies and go, hey, man, we're going to take Friday and Monday off, and we're going to go up hunting for like a four-day weekend. 
I could have both those offers on the table, and I would be like, have fun in Vegas, bro. Yeah. Because yeah, that would, right there. I would there, definitely choose hunting over going to Vegas. Dude, that is such a better time for me. Yeah. I absolutely love, love being in the woods. Oh, me too. It's a whole, it's just a whole different experience yeah. in itself, dude. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so a, good. It's something different, man. That, I mean, if there's one takeaway I want everybody to know about this, it's get out, enjoy it more. Yeah. Let the, find that adrenaline rush that gets you kind of hooked on something and enjoy it. Of course, of course. So, I don't know, man. I feel like we're good now. Yeah. I mean, we, we this is kind of a longer one, but at the same time, I felt like it was really, it was kind of a necessary one. Like, it's something different. It's something that still incorporates a lot of yeah. what you need from life that you can take learning experiences from working out. Yeah. You can take learning experiences from hunting, even from, like, what we've talked about before for golfing. It all requires patience, discipline, and focus. Yes. If you have that in life, you're going to succeed, and you're going to be in a better place mentally and physically. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So of course. Just, and find the little things. Find those little moments in life that you won't trade for anything. Even if it's a memory of you sitting there with someone and laughing. Yeah. You're going to remember that forever. Forever, dude. Just hold on to it. Forever. And put that shit in a little hey. memory bank because one day if you're having a rough one, you're going to need it. Just talk about that. Just a little quick story before we end it. I went, uh, the one time we had our cousins from down south come up. Yeah. Dude, I was hunting with my uh, cousin Gordon. Yeah, it's Gordon. Yep. And, uh, we're sitting in his blind. I'm sitting there. He's, you know, it's early in the morning. He's like, kind of, you know, setting himself up, you know, to get all comfy, maybe take like a nap or whatever. And I'm sitting there. I'm wide eyed. You sometimes in the mornings when I get out there, I'm I'm wide awake. Yep. And I just can't go back. I can't take a nap, even though I can like barely see. Yeah. And next thing I know, it's like just barely breaking daylight. And I got this monstrous bear next to me going nope. and snoring loud as hell. Nope. And I'm like laughing my ass off inside. I'm like, <laughs> no way this is real, dude. I'm like, I've never heard someone snore like that in a blind before. And then he kept going. And then it, it got to the point to where he, w- he did one of these. He was like. <laughs> and he, like, I couldn't tell if he like, <laughs> if he stopped breathing or something. I was like. I, I I like nudged him. I was like, Gordon, Gordon. He's like, he wakes up. He's like, what, 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 what'd you see? What'd you see? I was like, I didn't see anything. You're snoring. He goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. My bad, my bad. Dude, that's actually, that's <laughs> not a bad thing to have. Snoring? No. Really? What animal do you know in the woods that's going to snore like us? Oh. Okay, First yeah, you know what? The curiosity thing. I've I've had it to where... Like, I've heard stories of people saying, like, they're falling, you know, they're asleep and they're snoring, and the next thing you know, they would wake up, and it's something you learn to do while you're hunting. You'll wake up, but and you won't move, but you'll just open your eyes. And it's like, it's the weirdest thing ever, because when you think about it outside of hunting, it's like, who does that? Who does that when they wake up? They just immediately, like, they're sitting perfectly still. You're immediately aware of where you are, what you're doing, yeah. and your brain just goes, open your eyes and don't move. And you open your eye, and then there's one in front of you. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> like that worked, dude. I, dude, I always just the curiosity, I, man. I always remember that that story is something I'll remember forever, just because it was just so yep. funny. Yep. I thought it was just so funny. Yeah, 
Another a quick one, then we're done. Okay, okay. The last one, because it's about curiosity, it's about having fun, and it's a memory you're going to have forever. All right. One of my dad, or one of my dad's buddies and my dad, years ago when I was way too young to go hunting, uh-huh. they were up at my grandfather's place, which is where Jason lives now. They're out in the woods, nothing's really happening, and for some reason, my dad's buddy brought a kazoo with him, and nothing's moving, so they're like, ah, fuck it, let's have a little bit of fun. So... He's like, Dad, play that kazoo. Let's see if something comes in for the kazoo. And he starts playing the Adams Family theme song with the kazoo. You know, da 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 What with a kazoo? Yeah. This little four point comes bebopping in. What the heck Like, is what that? the heck is that sound? I don't know that sound over there. <laughs> and I remember my dad told me, so he looked at his buddy and said, you got to shoot that deer because that is, no, you have to shoot. And he did. He shot the deer and forever <laughs> He's now like, you just it, is, it is known as the kazoo buck. <laughs> and it's nothing huge. It's I not love a, that. It's not a huge mount or anything. It's a little four basket four point. Right. But it's like that story alone <laughs> is fucking awesome. It's a short story, but it's it's the kazoo buck. That's crazy to know that just like the like random sounds that they yeah. wouldn't hear really would just bring them in. And it it really kind of set in for me, like if you're in your cause we always say like the woods are their house. If you're in your house and you hear a noise, you're going to go investigate. Oh, yeah. What's, the, it's what's like, the difference? It's like you opened your eyes. Like you just literally dropped a knowledge bomb on someone, but b- blows their mind. Is it so simple that they're just, they're like, how did what? I never think of that? Yeah. It's like you, if, you, if you really start incorporating in, like, this is their house, you don't go into the house and move a couch. You don't right. go in there and you don't open the drapes. Like, you don't mess with their house. It even freaks some people out to have, like, if you go into somebody's house and you throw a pizza on my counter, am I going to be leery of that pizza? Yeah, but I'm going to investigate it. And yeah. upon investigation and realizing that, hey, that pizza's all right, I'm going to eat that pizza. <laughs> right. It's, it's, how f- it's how food works. That's how it all works. Whoa, who put this pile of food here? Wait. Wait, I'm going to look around. They're going to be real leery of it and be like, this looks okay. All right, I'll eat this food. I'll eat this food. But all right, I think we're good enough. That's all a long right, one. All right, we'll all end right. it. We'll, we'll send it out. We'll send that boy out. Guys, have a good day. Do something outside your comfort zone and keep moving forward. Peace. <laughs>